2: Everybody and welcome back to the Dynasty Trade Cast, brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the official sportsbook of RotoViz Radio. I, as always, am your host, Eric Burtzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my two co-hosts, and no guests this week. We have Dan and Nathan. Nathan, you survived a hurricane. I survived a hurricane. Um, you
1: know, uh, thoughts and prayers to those who were affected more than I. But I, uh, it came out okay. Didn't have power at my place. And so, like, Saturday, Uh, thankfully, I I just stayed at my parents, so I didn't have to worry about that.
2: Yeah, I think it's safe to say I was more stressed for you than you were stressed for you based off of, like, the – I was like, hey, dude, uh, like, prayers to your family, man. You're like, yeah, no, we got this. I was like, okay, (laughs) cool. Like, you sure you don't want to evacuate, Nathan? You're like, no, no, we got
4: this. No, 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 I I – Because of, like, snacks and bottled water and stuff. It's (laughs) like, yeah, whatever. We're just going to chill and have popcorn and sing kumbaya. I'm like, run.
1: I'll, I'll be honest, I was, like, yelling at my mom, like, we need to get out of here. Like, you know, like <laughs> it was looking really bad. And she's like, no, we're going to stay here. I'm like, well, I'm not going to leave my family. So uh, all, all went well with that. Uh, what all hasn't went well is uh, the NFL landscape right now. It's uh,
2: <laughs> oh, pre- pretty ugly. Dude, I mean, well, first off, like, does anyone have a player they can start on their roster right now? That uh, it, is anybody's – actually, better question, is anybody's IR not completely full right now? Very See, few
1: that's, weeks. <laughs> that's actually a, a new thing with uh, something I hadn't really ever accounted for when talking about how many IR spots are in the league. Many leagues are switching to unlimited IR spots. And it makes sense because, you know, if two, three years ago, the, the IR meant, okay, they're done for the season. They can't come back. Whereas now it, it's only a, uh, only like an eight week uh, minimum. So there are many players that go on IR, IR who return midway, halfway through the season. So it's definitely a way to you know get some extra roster spots while your players get out, um, and as, as well as just a, a way to basically another way to stash guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, as long as people aren't really spamming it, it's fine. Uh, but it is just—I mean, I worry about with that IR, like people just spam and pick up like IR players that just wouldn't be on anybody's team anyway. Um, and they can just sit there, I guess, and you can wait all through summer. So, I don't know. Unlimited seems a bit much, but I certainly have no problem with expanding beyond two, like most leagues have, or one. Um, so, there's uh, there's definitely that. So, pretty pretty frustrating week again. I thought week one was going to be the worst. I think week two won. That was uh, – I, I damn near lost Survivor when Seattle was favored by, like, 14 points. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I had Oakland. Yeah, I mean, well, Oakland was obviously the, the obvious pick, but I figured, you know, I'll take Seattle. Well, now I'm happy because Seattle's clearly not any good. I guess did you guys do any sports betting this weekend?
4: We always like to gamble a little bits, little bits here and there. Um, I, I think I broke even. I'm still ahead on uh, on some DFS sites, but uh, prop betting this week was was decent. I'm still I'm still ahead for the year, which is nice. Um, Nathan, how is about that, is that what
2: you do? You you do prop bets? Is that really the method of gambling you like?
4: Oh, I mean, it's just kind of fun. You see some of the goofy stuff out there, like player will have this many catches in this quarter, or and it's like, okay, well that's that's kind of silly. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over, or I'm gonna take the under. Um, and I mean, it it's there's not a lot of places you can find actual good props, or or ones that you can actually enjoy. And and a lot of them are just like, okay, who's gonna win the game? Here's the line. Here's this. It's like, who cares about that? We want fun stuff
2: all right you're like you're like is it like the national anthem for every game
4: yeah oh absolutely first first mumbled well, word or or <laughs> you know first dog to to run across the field or stop and take a dump
1: well you know my favorite place to press, place prop bets it's mybookie.ag. Mybookie uh, my bookie has been in That's business it. for years their rep is rock solid they do 100 percent cash bonuses so off the bat you're making money for doing absolutely nothing i say it every week when i read this ad i'm an expert at doing nothing
2: that's true.
4: Yeah, we're not going to argue <laughs> with you on that one. <laughs> Seriously,
2: yeah. and, and I mean, and yeah, I mean, my bookies, my bookie is is awesome. It's sponsored. Uh, it's obviously sponsors this pod, uh, so they treat us good. And and uh, as as part of a RotoViz promotion we're doing right now, uh, if you sign up this month with the, with the promo code TradeCast, uh, forward us a copy of your sign in. Uh, confirmation to at gmail.com. You'll be entered to in a drawing to land a limited edition rotoviz athletic jacket. Uh, so you get some sweet, uh, sweet swag. I really, wh- sweet swag is a tough, a tough sweet thing. swag. Yeah, sweet swag. Yeah. Uh, you get that. I mean, I don't think it says TradeCast on it anywhere, but. Um, yeah, man, that would be sweet to have some letter jackets, say trade Uh So, anyways, go to MyBookie. You can deposit money, and then uh, forward us confirmation. We'll announce the winner uh, on a future episode. So, uh, that's, a, that's a cool promotion we're doing with MyBookie.ag. It's a cool site. If you're fed up with uh, where you're sports betting or want to get into sports betting, I, I highly recommend going over to MyBookie.ag. Uh, all right, getting into the show now, uh, we... I I guess. I guess the topic of today's show is like what a dumpster fire the NFL is right now. (laughs) What? What do we do? Like, actually, the the show name might literally be like a picture of a dumpster fire, like the dumpster fire
4: emoji. Do we have to rebrand? Are we going to go with the Dynasty Dumpster Fire?
2: That's a (laughs) hilarious name, for the record.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, landscape is is not looking good right now. I mean, just looking at, at the first. At the first position, looking at quarterback, your top three right now, without not counting the Monday night games, uh, but you know, as of through the Sunday games, we have Alex Smith, Carson Wentz, and Trevor Simeon. I, don't, I forget what order they're in, but those are your top three quarterbacks in fantasy right now. So those of you with with Breeze and Winston, obviously Winston had a buy, but um, <laughs> it's just it's not it's not great right now it, <laughs> no one's getting hurt in that uh, well other than andrew luck being well, still dead and cam newton didn't he get banged up at the end of the game i mean there's it's
2: just it's just a bloodbath out there
4: yeah it's it's really not good and and running back is another one that's kind of all over the board these rookies have kind of lived up to all their all their hype and and i think we're just going to see their dynasty value continue to rise i'm not sure if kareem hunt's value can rise any higher i saw a poll the other day that was um, Kareem Hunt or OBJ and it was like 51 49 OBJ. <laughs> no, I le-
2: I legitimately saw <laughs> David David Johnson or I saw David Johnson or Kareem Hunt and Kareem Hunt was winning and I like legitimately reposted that poll and was like Twitter you're serious right now? You're serious Twitter? That's what's happening. Although, I mean, I don't know, if he keeps doing this for four more weeks, it's going to be pretty tough to argue with that.
4: I- I'm going to get a little takey uh, on that one. Um I I was not I've never been a David Johnson guy. I wasn't a Kareem Hunt guy. Oh, oh, oh. But but Here we go. But the age difference and I mean health at this point, you just have to take what the running backs are doing now and David Johnson is a glorified wide receiver. I mean, that's that's just what he is. And Kareem Hunt is doing everything. Obviously, we're not going to expect 50-yard touchdown runs every single game, but He's getting up there. I would still take David Johnson right now, but I can't call it crazy for people bailing and going with the points. Uh, I mean,
2: that's that's pretty crazy, but I mean, sure. Um, If if you are of (laughs) the philosophy that, like, well, first off, you're not going to find a value on the guy. You're going to have to pay two, three first at this point. Oh, Um, yeah,
4: you have to way overpay to get him. Yeah, I was
2: about to say, he is the hottest commodity on the market right now.
1: All right, the the other running backs that I'd like to talk about is the rookie running backs uh, so far. Joe Mixon. Has shown very little, and it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of pushing him behind. A lot of people are going to end up taking cream hunt over him. No one was doing that during rookie draft season. Nope. And then when you look at uh, Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette, both have shown flashes in their first uh, two starts. But I would, I would, I mean, yes, he ran for 120 yards on Monday Night Football. But I don't think Dalvin Cook has looked amazing uh, in in his first two starts to where his value should. Uh, substantially increased so well I think that I think that I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on the people who are in love with the performances of Cook and Fournette early
2: are we uh, because I mean I guess uh, to me Fournette really hasn't looked that good like all things considered Fournette like if you like actually watching him play I thought he I thought out of out of all the I think Dalvin looks slightly better than Fournette but Fournette's getting all the love but it just I'm just not seeing Fournette look as explosive as I was expecting him to it's Am there. I Crazy, like crazy hot
4: take. It's there. It's just not. It's not as consistent. It's. It's almost like, a, well, I'm going to try on this play, and then okay, we'll take the snap off. And, and I'm not saying that he's taking snaps off, but it just doesn't seem as consistent as we'd like it to be. Um, obviously, we want to assume he's fully healthy, but maybe there's something lingering there that's kind of holding him back. Um, again, total speculation. But as far as Delvin Cook goes, I, I think we're seeing him do all of the right things and, and do a lot of things actually surprisingly well, but he's still a rookie. He's still learning the game. He's still learning how to do certain things, especially in that offense that isn't really all that great, especially after missing Sam Bradford this week. Um, but we, we see Delvin out there pass blocking and, and yeah. picking up blitzes. You know, there's an occasional miss, but rookies are going to do that. Rookies are going to miss. And he um, looks it's exceptional in the passing game too. Right, right. And he's And he's getting that corner when they have those outside sweeps. I mean, Those are, those are things we saw in college and that's what made, made us love him. And then it was like, Oh, the combine, he's super slow. He'll never get a corner in the NFL. Well, let me tell you about folks, he's getting getting corners in the NFL.
2: Is there a lesson to be learned there? Like, is that, is there a lesson that like, I mean, I, I, I know that habitually we overreact to the combine, but he had a historically bad combine and we, everybody moved him from their, like their chalk one Oh one to, to the one Oh five. And people were like, drafting him even later than that because of the hatred Um, it it definitely was snowballing. So I guess, is there a lesson here to be learned that like the, the combine means literally nothing. I I just don't believe that to be true, but I, I guess, I guess I'm just trying to make heads or tails of what we can do as dynasty players in the off season to make better decisions here.
1: I think that's just more of things that happen every year. There's going to be a player that blows up the combine that ends up rising in rookie drafts. That shouldn't. There's going to be a guy that doesn't improve it, uh, doesn't uh, prove as well in the combine as we thought, like a Dalvin Cook, and he'll drop down draft boards a little bit. And sometimes it's warranted because of uh, the fact that your your combine play is also heavily connected to where your draft capital is. I think if Dalvin Cook blows up the combine, he ends up being taken in that 20 to 25 round uh, overall range. But yeah. because he had a subpar combine, NFL teams took notice and ended up falling to the middle of the second round. Not a drastic drop where it should have like dis- destroyed his dynasty value, but it's, enough of a drop to
2: where if the NFL teams care about it, I'm going to care about it. I mean, to me, it struck me as uh, – perhaps I ignored college production too much and put too much love in that athleticism and in the profile of the combine.
4: Maybe, maybe I, I think it's, I think it's a flaw, not only at, at our level, but at the NFL level as well. I mean, pushing a guy down that far, even for the NFL standpoint and pushing him into the second. Um, I mean, we, we pull a lot of information from draft capital with these guys. You know, obviously yep. you want to see guys have first round draft capital and, Oh, he's going to do this and they're going to use them because they spent that pick and somebody sliding down into the second, I mean, it's still the second, which <laughs> you're still getting good players in the second, but we moved him down because they moved him down. It it was kind of a flaw on both sides. So I, I think the process, I, I think it was just a fair process because we were just kind of going with the flow. There was a lot of people that stuck by it and, and said this guy is still you know still top three, top four, whatever, and then there was others that were saying, okay, well, we're going to take everybody and then Mike Williams and then Delvin Cook. Um, so I, yeah. I think it's just kind of an arid process. Top to bottom. Okay,
2: well, let's, let's parlay off of that because I think that segues into our nice, our, our, nice discussion, our next discussion. Um, and that's for Tariq Cohen. Uh, it's another guy that we avoided like that, got no love and had some decent draft capital actually um, that for the most part we just ignored. Uh, and then he started getting, then the smoke started coming out of training camp and now he's literally on fire. So I guess what are we doing with Cohen? We talked about him a little bit last week. Uh, Howard looks bad. Honestly, the bears look just horrific. Uh, not as bad as the bangles are R.I.P. Bengals. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, God, there's some bad teams. Like they should just trim the league by like five teams this year because there are that oh, yeah. many bad teams. I'm like, you, I'm like, okay.
4: You could take out you guys. could take out a good ten teams and and be comfortable. Ugh. And there's probably only a handful of good players.
1: And still, those. there'd be bad quarterbacks. Right. I mean, yep. that's true.
4: Well, that's it's that's like. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that port that guy can't get on the uh, can't get on the field. So, uh, what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, so talking about the, the Bears running back situation, I think that it that Howard, it just goes to say that, you know, you shouldn't invest early round capital, whether it be Dynasty or rejack, in a running back who's going to be on a bad team that has, hasn't shown the ability to catch the ball or be uh, effective in the passing game. Uh, yeah. Jordan Howard is a guy that, you know, in order for him to have success, he has to get touchdowns. He has to be a part of an offense that's leading in games. And I don't see that being part of his future, uh, at least this season. So I, I think that... Cohen was an interesting stash from the perspective of oh they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot uh, and and he's the receiving back in that backfield he's certainly doing better than than the initial expectations um, but I, I still don't see like a huge like upside with it I think it's more he has more of a you know Shane Vereen type. I mean that's the one we always point to the Shane Vereen role but yeah I, or, or I, 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 I see as, as a role Burles. that Darren Sproles yeah I see that as a role that you can get fantasy points from but if you just faded all those guys you might be better off for it.
2: It's it fade. Everybody on the bears is what you're saying.
1: No, no, no. Fade, fade the treat Cohen running back profile.
2: Oh, I see. I, I don't think I agree with that, especially in a PPR setting. I I think I'm, I think I'm kind of on team Cohen at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of good with it. If you're, if you're willing, I, I think you have to pay a first now, uh, which I think Gosh. is starting to get into crazy land. I mean, <laughs> do you really see Cohen going for a second in any of the leagues that you're in?
4: I haven't seen him moved mostly because I have him. a lot of, I'd say probably in half yeah he was a he was a fourth round fifth round flyer target of mine just because of the fun athletic profile that we saw and the draft capital Um, right and there was some draft capital there you know reminds me a lot of the Darren Sproles archetype and and we didn't even get to see Darren Sproles have meaningful touches for a long time and and I think that's another kind of important thing we're getting these touches now and and obviously the Bears know what they have. They have something kind of just maybe it's a flash in the pan type of guy. He's like a utility
2: player. Yeah. He he can do right. he, he, can he can do all he sorts of fun things and is an all around good football player.
4: And, and he's not. But he's not a world beater. He's not your elite prospect. He's not. He's not anything that's going to win a league. He might win a week, but he's not going to be. You know, he's, uh, not, gonna you said, right he's not going to be at the rate that injuries are coming.
2: He might win you a league if he stays healthy.
4: That that's also possible. It could be the Tyreek of 20, 2016 you know, reincarnate here. Um, as far as Jordan Howard goes, uh, another guy that I just I haven't I didn't like last year. It was getting a ton of touches on a bad team, like Nathan said, and it's tough to sustain that. There was a lot of guys that went crazy on him. His his draft his his ADP got into like the second. It was like early to mid second, right? That's that's way too early. But um, oh, he's a I mean, he early. Right, right. He was he was getting the touches and he was putting up decent points on a bad team. I mean it it, it was there, but at the same time, you, like Nathan said, you can't really rely on that kind of stuff. So we just kind of I I don't know that it's it's the death of Jordan Howard. That's that's definitely an overreaction. But I think we're probably just going to see a a two down back split, and it might even see some some of them out there at the same time. I don't think we're going to see a clear bell cow role anymore. But I also think Cohen's probably just going to play a lot more receiver because they have absolute dead bodies in Chicago.
2: Okay, let's, let's talk dynasty value because I, I, I breezed on it. Because dynasty value for Howard probably going into this season, you were talking about a first and something of value, probably first and a half valuation, maybe a little bit more um, at that second round valuation. If you had to purchase Howard today, what's the max buying dollar that you would give for him?
1: I wouldn't give more than an early second.
4: Wow. You know my my previous valuation, even when his market was way high, and that's why I own zero shares, was like the one hundred eight, one hundred nine. You know, I don't think it changes much off of that because he's doing. And obviously, he's he's worse than we probably thought he was going to be. But yeah, this year yes, he is what we thought he was, or those of us that were reasonable about it thought he was. So I, I think I think still a late first, you know, in that 110, 111 range. Obviously we're going to be talking about late projected 2018 first now because no one's having rookie drafts anymore. Um, but you can kind of ballpark those picks. Even this early in the season, you can kind of tell when a team is going to be either really good or really crap. So ballparking picks now is kind of okay to do. Um, so yeah, late, late first. Um, if I could get them for a second, I'd actually probably go out and buy a bunch, but I don't think you can get them for that quite yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, one more bad game we might be talking here. So I think those valuations are fair. And then Cohen, I mean, you guys kind of scoffed at my first-round valuation. Okay, maybe this is a better question. Who's worth more right now, Cohen or Howard? Or are Howard. they even valuation now?
1: I'm, t- I'm still taking Howard over Cohen because he has more of the, the profile of a guy who can, who can get, you know, 18 to 20 carries per game.
4: I think, I think that might be – by the wayside at this point. I think he could be – I think he's going to be more of a 12 to 15 um, unless it's unless they're up in a game for some reason, which I don't see happening, and and then they just feed him. Right, but we are, we are talking about
1: value. We're, we're not assuming that, like, the Bears are going to be bad forever and Mitchell Trubisky's a bust and all these other things. I mean, uh, maybe you're factoring that into your evaluation with Howard, but, yes, they might not have a positive outlook as far as game script this year, but I wouldn't really put that past this year.
4: But we were hoping for a positive game stri- script from Jeremy Langford however many couple years ago, and he got Jordan Howard, and now Jordan Howard's getting to Cohen. So I-, I think it's just a progression in what the Bears like to do, and they just like to use fresh legs and throw things at people that they're not used to and they don't remember seeing. Obviously, Jeremy Langford wasn't any good either, um, but I think this just might be a thing. Don't don't invest in running back yeah. <laughs> like everyone yeah, always says to do. Don't, even at the NFL level, don't invest in running back. Use the guys how, how they're supposed to be used. You know, Jordan Howard's a two-down guy. Cohen is a pass catcher. They're using them sort of correctly, even though Howard was horrible last week uh, or this week. Um, so uh, Cohen, I mean, he's got to be in that same ballpark, but for your money, you have to go. You have to go Howard right now, just because, like Nathan said, there is way more potential for touches, whereas Cohen is your hope for a touchdown and six or seven catches kind of guy to get the same amount of points that Howard's going to get on 15, 20 carries and probably a score.
2: Okay. Let's move on to a different topic. Uh, and let's talk about how, uh, the top three running backs are injured or just not showing up to school every day here for the first two weeks. Uh, I'm talking about Le'Veon Bell, Zeke and, uh, and David Johnson, uh, is this, I guess the way I phrase this question, and, and I know the answer in my own head, but I'll phrase it to you guys, is is this kind of regression for this like overvaluation in the offseason, of, or was there an overvaluation, and is this regression uh, for running backs kind of harping on what Dan's been saying?
1: From a dynasty perspective, I've always said the, the fact that three of them were going top five in dynasty this offseason, Never made much sense because it's like what was happening in like 2012 when we had this many running backs in the top five, and then they end up end up getting yeah. injured or regressing in skill level. I don't think there's a regression in skill level or play from Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell. I think it's just a coincidence of two games that weren't you know spectacular for either of them. I think that you know as matchups get easier, as their offense get more in tune as the season moves on then I, I think that both will recover and be scoring you know, those
2: 20, 25-point games. Basically, they're going to be having Kareem Hunt-type games sooner or later. Well, I guess what I'm saying is because the expectation out of those guys was always having those Kareem Hunt games, and I think that expectation for elite running backs, like being a lock for 20 points a game, is an unfair expectation, and that's why you shouldn't be taking them that high early on. And they have such short shelf lives, too
4: especially with these uh, well and we can you know obviously short shelf life you put david johnson already on the ir but talking specifically about zeke and bell they, they've both got a lot going on right now zeke still got the you know the suspension looming over his head he didn't even look like he was in the the freaking stadium yesterday it was he, he was horrible didn't it didn't even look like he was yeah trying. that
2: thunderstorm hit and then he just didn't come back on the field yeah
4: he wasn't even out there before the thunderstorm um and then Bell, you know, he, he held out. He was he wasn't with his team. He didn't do any of that stuff. So and, and you wanna think that these these guys that are, you know, world class athletes and elite football players can just walk from, you know, the locker room out onto the field and be the same guy. It takes reps to get going. And and you can't yeah. you can't just go from zero to hundred. I mean, it's gonna take a little time. I think I think that week four kind of cutoff is where we're gonna start seeing these guys. Well, one of them might be suspended by week four, um, but I, I think I think it's probably going to be either, kind either of. of them. A, yeah, that's very true. Uh, I think it'll be kind of a minimal output until until they kind of get their legs under them and and dynasty outlook. I don't think much changes. I wasn't taking anybody early in the first round. Yeah, um, maybe, I mean, they, they obviously still our, have that value, but
2: maybe some of our listeners were though. So I guess what, that's where let's talk. Let's talk new world valuation because I agree with you. I think that this is just like sometimes even stud players can put up a turd Um, in in this case, I guess that you're seeing a couple of them and and David Johnson's honestly just unfortunate. I don't, I don't have any real concern about him other than the fact that he's just not going to be producing this year. Uh, If we're doing a startup draft today, uh, where would you advise the listeners to start grabbing one of those elite running backs. And who would you grab first if you're doing one for, let's say, let's say next year in this case.
1: I think I'm still going Zeke one, just because of the combination of age, offensive line, just offense, young offense emerging. So I'd take Zeke around that seven, eight range, and then maybe drop Bell and DJ to the, you know, 10 to 12 range. Okay. Yep. I'm
4: not going to argue that at all. That's exactly what I would say. Once you get through those top, uh, what are we at? Seven, six, seven uh, elite. "Quote unquote wide receivers." I don't know if you, if we want to throw Sammy up in that realm quite yet. He's probably still an early second. Um, yeah.
2: But I mean, yeah, Cooper Cooper's better than him. So
4: <laughs> yeah, once you get through, you know, Julio, Antonio Brown, OBJ, Evans, Cooper, um, that's kind of when you can start talking about about one of the running backs. And it, for me, it's it's still Zeke. Um, hopefully, we get the suspension out of the way, and he gets his head on his shoulders, and he's no longer a moron. Okay. Which now- won't happen. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen.
2: Uh, so I think I think that that's interesting, and, and I think it does just speak higher. And I think the the whole like, if I had to summarize the first half of this episode, I would say it's basically us saying don't put high dynasty stock in running backs. Uh, and if you can get a lot of value for them, sell them and uh, and go with a, a, a you know more uh, running back by, by attrition type method of uh, of just stringing together a, a zombie running back uh, on a week to week basis. But on the topic of dealing with injuries, there is one place where you don't have to worry uh, about injuries uh, for next week. So, Dan, why don't you tell us about our sponsor, Draft?
4: Guys, I've talked about it before. Draft is um, – how do the kids – what do the kids say? Lit? Uh, it's – it's. <laughs> oh, good yeah.
2: lord. Draft, we're sorry no. that he's using that term. Hey, knowledge. the
4: kids are saying it. I'm just going with it. Um, seriously, guys, this – this app is the real deal. It's you know that you it's your it's your home for daily fantasy. Um, I really can't say much more than that. You get head to heads, you get small groups. You can do you know three, four, five, six, whatever you want to do, and you can play for pretty much any any amount of money. And it's fun. And the app is way user friendly. It's super clean. It, I I don't even know what what else you can say about it. It is it is the best daily fantasy app right now. Also, if you use our promo code RV radio limited time only though uh you do get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit so throw a few bucks in there free entry with RV radio
2: okay well yeah draft is an amazing app so I, I I agree with Dan go check it out I think that's the future of of uh of fantasy uh, in a short-term basis so uh before we get into kind of our value predictions uh swami hat type uh look at things let's talk about tight end um uh, because it's it truly is a bloodbath and tight end we've I, it looks like we're losing gronk um looks like uh, eifert's going out i feel like i'm forgetting one or two of them Olsen's but it's broken foot oh olsen yeah i mean i it was like every time i refreshed twitter something <laughs> bad was happening to a tight end somewhere
4: it's not good, and it's never been good. This is this is a, an abomination of a position. It's it was always Gronk and then everybody else go get Gronk, Gronk, Gronk. Um, and the worry was always the injuries, and he left. He didn't, I don't know if he left the game or if it was just kind of like a like, came up, came up limp or whatever. Um, it's it's a tough position to to get anything with you. You almost forced to wait on tight end and just kind of bail and get guys like Charles Clay and Jared Cook. Um, because wasting yeah, early I mean, picks, you, you're just you're begging for an injury. I guess that's the
2: qu- I guess that's the question is what what guys are you trying to grab? Because I, I feel like I feel like if you grab one of those later guys that you're staring at like three points on a weekly basis, where that gets difficult too. Three's better than zero, though. So I mean, I mean not I mean, that much better than zero. <laughs> though I mean, like like if I'm talking about like having three points because I'm like praying Janus Smith does something on the field, like I mean, it's just it just seems like such an outrageous position. And it almost frustrates me that like I have to start one of these guys because it just doesn't seem like it's a position that, that, I don't know. It's just like one guy is going to get lucky and win the tight end uh, lottery. And currently it's Kelsey. Kelsey, you are the winner of the tight end lottery currently.
1: Yeah, I've always said Robert Gronkowski, Tyler Eifert. they're not injury prone. Tight ends are injury prone. Uh, They're the position that gets injured the most. And, you know, it's because they're blocking, they're receiving, they have so many roles on an offense. Yeah, and their
2: size, too, is awkward on the field. They're just, you can take low hits.
4: And for the good ones, the way they play, I mean, they're just trying to just punish anyone that's trying to take them down. I mean, you watch the way Gronk plays, he just runs through everybody. And that's, again, just begging for an injury.
1: Yeah, so uh, I've actually uh, talked about not playing a tight end, Eric. I've seen some leagues recently where they have like a wide receiver tight end spot instead of a tight end where uh, the tight end position becomes optional. And in those type of leagues, like, unless you're getting like Gronk in like the fourth round, it's almost, you know, just best to completely fade the tight end position. Um, But, you know, in leagues that you do have to start a tight end, it's more about just I'm trying to get the absolute cheapest points possible. Even if I know I'm only going to get six to eight points every week, I'd rather have that then invest highly and uh maybe get you know a 14 15 point week
2: yeah I mean this year like Austin Hooper who's somebody I liked I think he's like a nice stream option but yeah you' it's, it's true like you just got have a couple you gotta have a couple guys um that are there and yeah in the opposite of what you're talking about Nathan and playing in a zero start tight end uh I, I currently play in a two tight end starting league and don't have one to field right now I'm looking at you Patrick <laughs> why are you running a league with two ends and start
4: started? Oh man! At least it's not a three quarterback league. Um, I spent most of the off season going after Kyle Rudolph, Zach Ertz, guys like that. Um, the uninjured just, ones. Well, I'm I'm hoping that they stay healthy, even though Rudolph has a history of injuries. Ertz has a history of injuries. Uh, again, tight ends have a history of injuries. It's not just specific guys; they're going to get hurt. Um, so it's just it, it is hard to find those points. You know, you just kind of have to play the values. Whoever's coming off cheap and has potential for touches. You know, the second Jordan Matthews got traded, I think I, I acquired Ertz like four times that week. So it's just kind of – it's a timing thing, with, especially with tight ends. You, you have to get in, get find find usage, and hope hope and pray they don't get hurt. Yeah, well, hold, hold on. When, when, Zach Ertz,
1: when Zach Ertz gets hurt this week, we're just going to play that on a loop. Uh, Dan bragging how he bought so much Ertz. Uh, so, that just oh, I got up, lucky. I know up up i going to get
4: hurt. He's going to get hurt yeah. in like week thirteen, right when I need him.
2: I mean, I've eiford in, in like nearly every league, and he's like was my last straw that is going to break the camel's back now if he can't play. So, <laughs> uh, like, R.I.P. All of my teams. That was it was fun playing fantasy this year. It's over now. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let me ask a question because this has actually been bugging me a lot in my uh, in my leagues, and that is. I don't really know what to do. Uh, I have like I've injury riddled tight end cores and actually leagues where they're tight end premium or a couple tight ends. Uh, and there's, there's nothing on the waiver wire. So if there's nothing on the waiver wire, I guess what dynasty trade mentality are you taking uh, to try? Like what are your guys strategies right now to try to build your teams? Uh, if you do have that situation or you're just saying, screw it. I'm punting this year.
1: It's, it's like I said. It's all about finding the cheapest possible points, even if they're you know a low upside amount of points. The uh, yeah, Guy, we'll talk about in a little bit. Jason Witten, uh, yeah. Cameron Cameron Brate, uh, basically guys that aren't like Gates, the maybe. Uh, yeah Gates. Basically, everyone who isn't like the next like Antonio Gates. So not not Hunter Henry, not Zach Hurts, <laughs> not not guys that have ever been viewed as guys with upside. Take the guys that um, are viewed as you know a limited limited ceiling, and you know will actually get targets on their offense.
2: Okay. I I think that that's I think that's insanely good advice and probably something that I need to do is just go purchase some old, old dad runners,
4: dad runners goat. Um, okay. So we don't quite have a game this week, but we can kind of turn this into a little bit of a game. Um, we're going to do some value predictions and uh, we've also got some calculator scores associated with these guys. Uh, the quarterbacks will have one QB and two QB values. Uh, just to give everybody a little perspective so we'll start with the risers uh, and these are some just sleeper and or later round guys uh, that have been putting up points and so we just want to know from each one of us uh, if they're going to go higher if they're going to maintain or if they're going to fall on their face so let's start with Trevor Simeon Um, I mean he's a top three quarterback right now and who would have saw that coming he we didn't know if he was going to keep his job throughout the year you know they they brought in Chad Kelly who went undrafted they Used a first-round pick last year on Paxton Lynch. He was horrible, and horrible. now he's apparently a, a really good quarterback. So, Eric, do you think he's going to maintain this uh, or get better, or do you think this is just kind of a a mirage?
2: Yeah, let me tell you a story real quick about how I got insane. Was I was. Uh, I was, like, so desperate and thought I had a chance to win and uh, ignorantly purchased uh, Trevor Simeon for a second and a third, uh, which I thought was grand larceny at the time, uh, and have since started him in every single game pretty much (laughs) since since doing that. And, like, into this year, I'm, like, so thrilled with the value I've gotten out of him. So uh, that's when a donk move turns valuable. You know, I don't know. Like, he looks really good. He doesn't have anything necessarily special, but I I think Nathan made the joke that, like, if you took out, there shouldn't be enough back. Simeon's going anywhere. I think he has proven that he is dynamic enough uh, to, to A, functionally run an offense, B, not turn the ball over, and C, make some plays when, he, when necessary.
1: I think that at the very least he's done, and probably Pax Lynch has done enough on his own account uh, to preventing this as well. He's done enough to where no one's calling for Paxton Lynch's name. No one's going to think that, that he's going to be getting any starts this year, especially on a team that looks to compete. So. Uh, Usually, you know, first round quarterbacks, they especially ones that are, you know, sitting behind a an relatively unproven veteran, um, you know, traditionally those guys get, uh, you know, unseated quickly. But that's not going to happen here in Denver this year.
4: And I I didn't mention it right away, um, but Simeon's value on the uh, Rotoviz calculator is uh, three in a one quarterback league and 10 in a two QB league. So from that perspective, I would imagine those numbers are going to get much, much higher. Um, We probably won't see any sort of elite type numbers uh, from a value perspective, but I definitely think he'll start, you know, sneaking up into that high end QB two type range um, just because of the way that the quarterback had position has been this year. So I, I think, I think he's in for some good things. He's got the weapons. He's got a run game. Um, He's got tight ends that, to use, and his defense is incredible. So I, I think they're going to be in a good position for most <laughs> of most the near future.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And who's that running game again? Who's that really good running back that you like, Dan? I forget his name. His name be C.J. Anderson. Oh, C.J. Anderson, the the GOAT. I lo- I, great call, Dan. High five over the microphones for us. High All fives. right, let's do this. I have Vanessa B, no big deal.
4: all right next on our risers list um a couple of solid weeks looked really good on sunday chris thompson is uh current rotoviz calculator score is five which again this has to go up but nathan we'll start with you how do we feel about chris thompson and what was a pretty clogged redskins backfield
1: i think that i was actually going to say this about Simeon, but it can also ring true as well for thompson it's going to be one of those things where he's going to have to have three or four of these, like, not exactly 25-point games, but he's going to have to have three, four more weeks of being, like, a legitimate fantasy starter in order for his price to actually change. I don't see anyone moving really even a second for him, like, even after this big performance. So I, I think that if you're a believer in him right now, you can still get him at a relative discount. But if he continues playing this well and Rob Kelly and, and uh, Samaj AP run continue to be – Uh, not good slash just not on the field, then uh, Chris Thompson's price will eventually increase. But I think you have a bit of a window here to uh, possibly buy him before the the price increases.
4: Yeah, I think this is where we finally see... um, I think this is finally where we see Thompson and and Pirine kind of separate themselves. Because, I mean, Kelly wasn't atrocious by any means, um, but definitely not good. Not what Pirine is, not what Thompson is. So I, I think... We're looking at a committee backfield here, um, but that doesn't mean that they don't have value. So I think Thompson will move up, and like you said, Nathan, it, you don't really need to go spend a second on him quite yet. Uh, I think you can maybe get him, you know, if you really want him, go spend like a late second, um, but that still might not even be necessary. Uh, but just kind of be leery of of Pirine because he can do just about everything a running back needs to be able to do, but it looks like the Redskins are, are pretty happy with Thompson right now, and they'll continue to use him.
2: Yeah, I don't know that I have anything to add to that. I think Thompson has looked – he looks like a a sneaky little value, but I'm not sure that he's worth buying right now.
4: Okay, fair enough. Uh, Let's move on to our uh, wide receiver riser, uh, J.J. Nelson. Um, Really solid game again, uh, just kind of like Thompson on Sunday. And it kind of looks like Fitzgerald might be a little bit washed, John Brown's – we don't know, unhealthy. Um Jerron Brown, Jaron Brown, I don't know how to say it. The other Brown. You're running out um, of Browns. Too many Browns. Um it's I mean, he kind of always seemed like a Deshaun Jackson boom bust type, maybe even Kenny Stills. Maybe we want to put him on that Deshaun Jackson level quite yet. Or maybe that's what he's becoming. Um so Nathan, what what do we think about JJ Nelson? Do we think that that Arizona's gonna start moving his direction, or is it just kind of fluky?
1: I think that Jerron Brown, uh, JJ Nelson, they'll kind of alternate the games where they go off and then be very unpredictable. Definitely the type of guys that um, we've t- we've talked about before. Stacking guys in a best ball format. If you want, if you could stack those two guys in, in a best ball dynasty league or a best ball league in general, I think those are two guys that um, will be productive uh, more weeks than not in the in the near future. But um, Leo Pasiga uh, one of our good friends on Twitter. Uh, he, he he tweeted out while well, everyone's going crazy about J.J. Nelson and, and you know going to pick up Jaron Brown. I'm sitting back and uh, collecting all these uh, Chad Williams shares. So I I think that if there's a non-Fitzgerald Cardinal wide receiver to be buying right now, it's not Nelson and Brown at their elevated uh, elevated prices. It's Chad Williams at his same price or even decreased with the play of of the other receivers.
2: Oh, I like I like the Chad Williams take. That's bringing that name into the fold. I haven't yeah, heard. You real
4: smart though. We're not.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say JJ is a, a guy who I actually kind of believe in here. I do think he's a little boom bust, but um, his price tag was is very very reasonable. Um, I still don't think even in dynasty people are that excited about him. Like I think you probably get him for third, maybe maybe a late second would get, get the deal done. I don't think anybody's gonna sell for more than that, uh, or expect more than that realistically from Nelson. So I think he's a nice end of end of bench stash. He's a fantastic best ball stash. I completely agree with that.
4: Absolutely. Um, and his calculator score was five, um, similar to Thompson. I, I, again, I think that's just going to move up. I'd prefer Nelson at that price. Yeah, absolutely. me as well. But uh, you know, I, I, I think I'd take Thompson there. Ooh, uh, I think you're wrong. We're split.
1: I, I, I think that uh, Thompson is going to be the one that you can put in your lineup during bye weeks and injuries and actually count on those points. It, you'll be hard-pressed to uh, think that J.J. Uh, Nelson is dependable.
4: I think it's a floor versus ceiling play there, um, and at that point, with yeah. with that level, I think you almost well, you don't you don't really have to force your hand to take the to take the ceiling. It is nice having that dependable floor on your bench. It's nice having that depth. So I could see that now, Nathan. Now you're making me rethink my damn it. Yeah, I have so much Thompson. I think I have to go with Thompson. Okay, so enough of those schmucks. Um, well, not schmucks. They're going to be good. Um, let's. let's uh, yeah, you don't
2: call Trevor Simeon a schmuck.
4: <laughs> Nobody let's does talk that. about some of our um, good, hashtag good players that aren't doing so hot right now. Um, so these are our followers. These are high-end guys that um, just aren't cutting it. So let's start with Cam Newton. He has looked atrocious. Uh, I don't know what they did to him. Uh, they drafted Tristan McCaffrey and then said, Cam, you need to do this. And all of a sudden, his ears fell out of his, off of his head and his eyes popped out. And he's no longer. He called this. this hey, yeah. Oh I mean, God. it's gross. Um, so, Eric, what are we doing with Cam? Do you, think, do you think this is rock bottom or do you think it can get worse?
2: Um, I, I gotta think it's rock bottom. I mean, he's overthrown guys. He looks just bad. I mean, it, I think the injury is lingering. I think there's something there. Um, they're, they're If they're not winning football games, they'll start utilizing cam differently. And that's what I expect to happen here. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't think this is a long, I think there is a window that's opening to where cams like being treated like a mid range QB, like a late QB one, early QB two. Uh, and this is the time to probably purchase him. I, I, I'm still a Cam believer. I don't think I don't think he's, I don't think he's broken like across. I don't think he's, he's purely broken at this point. I think he's going to bounce back. See, I've been a longtime
1: Cam Newton buyer, Cam Newton supporter in the dynasty formats, particularly Superflex. But I I'm starting to get a little bit worried long term uh, as to you know his his floors are outweighing his ceilings. You know, his bad performances are, are hurting you more than the big performances are helping you. So I, I know not now is not the time to sell, and he'll have, you know, that big 40-point game or that, you know, 100 points in, in three-week span. That's going to happen at some point because he has that pretty much every year. But when that span happens, I might be pressed to, you know, try and sell him at that, like, three-first valuation in Superflex or, you know, a top 40 valuation in one quarterback league. So I, I think that...
2: You know, I don't think he's getting
1: that anymore. By the way,
2: I don't think that that's the value that he's seen even going into this year. Now. No,
1: eh, I mean he was still going as a as a first round pick in superflex League. So,
2: I I think a late one though. I don't think that th- I don't think we would see three first for him. Just just spitballing here. Yeah,
4: that seems. And I life. love Cam. Um, yeah, uh, again, I, I was a uh, a Cam guy. Um, I think at this point we just have to put 2015 out of our minds. That was absolutely an outlier. We're not going to see that Cam Newton ever again. Um, but this, this, is diff- this, yeah, th- this is a different. This, yeah, this is a different. This is he's not right. Um, I-, I don't know if it's if it's what they're trying to do with him. If it's physically him, um, I-, I think we might see Cam on a different team, maybe next year. Uh, the Panthers seem to be moving in a different direction. They seem to want to force the ball down Christian McCaffrey's throat, and I don't really think that's how this is going to work, especially with Cam back there. So I think we may see a um, a divorce in their near future.
2: I think we most certainly see a divorce from the head coach, and there's my child yeah. screaming.
4: More screaming children. Uh, speaking of little children, um, our another follower on our list, uh, Brandon <laughs> Cook. One. Baby child for the New England pa- Patriots. Um, I, don't go <laughs> I don't know that the hopes got higher. to die. I don't know that the hopes got higher when he left New Orleans. I think we all just kind of assumed it was a lateral move um, into another offense where they like to spread the ball around, but no one spreads the ball around the way the Patriots spread the ball around because you don't know who's going to play that week, and you don't know who's going to get the ball that week. Um, you know, Cooks... We kind of pegged him as the boom bust guy, and it's only been bust thus far. I think he cut one long pass in week one, and he had two catches, and one of them was like 60 yards, and then he had a couple of, of um, pass interference flags too. So uh, this, this one is weird for me because it was a lateral move, and I still believe in the talent, but New England's just, just – I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know. It gives me a headache.
2: I mean, this is this is just classic Patriots. Is like they don't care about your talent. You have to know their system, and that's all mm-hmm. they really care about. And like, if you don't respect the system, this is like this. I actually think I called it. Is like this is not necessarily a good fit for somebody who was like being insubordinate in in New Orleans. Like this is a bad fit for somebody like that. And this there could be something behind the scenes here too. It could be, also also I could be overreacting if you're going to buy cooks now. It's probably the time, uh, but there's a chance he's stays this way all season. Cause basically new England's like, yeah, we have you, we traded for you, but we don't need you. We got Philip Dorsett. We traded for him too. And he's a team guy.
4: <laughs> he's a team guy. <laughs> Nathan cooks takes. <laughs>
1: uh, if there are any cooks owners that are as crazy as you two, uh, I'm going to be buying from them rather quickly. Uh, he's a guy that I still think should be valued in that top 15, top 16 overall in dynasty. I, I think that if you're worried about, uh, if you're worried about the Patriots destroying an asset, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that Cooks is going to get his at the end of the day. Having a two week so start does not mean that he's in the wrong place or with the wrong team or has a bad attitude. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, Cooks,
4: it's, this is prime buying time if anyone's panicking like you two. I'm not panicking. I don't own any shares and I probably won't. Um, it's it just, you know, it. I think I'm about a round. I'm about a round later evaluation than you, Nathan. I, I think he to me is like an early to mid third kind of guy. Um, again, because it's it, it just he's good enough. He has the talent. It's just it's the boom bust thing, and it's always been the boom bust thing. So I, I don't think we see a consistent floor. Um, but going back to uh, what you mentioned earlier on a different player, the the ceilings need to outweigh the floors. And right now, that's that's not really the case. All right, I think that we've gotten our takes out of the way.
2: So uh, I think that, with that being said, I think we need to wrap the show. Uh, with that so... being
4: said, with that being said, oh,
2: crap, crap, you guys, I owe we make all a, of the whole a remix. Of I owe all of the Eric. listeners. We should have like the hundredth episode, and it's just a remix of me saying that's what. <laughs> with that being said, for like forty minutes, uh, so. Yeah, uh, so anyways, we're going to wrap the show. Uh, As always, I highly recommend you go and rate the Rotoviz radio app uh, and mention our name. Five-star reviews are always appreciated. We read those. We really appreciate them. We enjoy the love that we get on the show. Um, With that being said, God, it (laughs) happened again. I wasn't even trying to do that. The
4: best part, you weren't trying. That
2: was totally Uh,
4: just natural. It
2: just happened. Just mailing it in. Uh, Okay, well, for Dan, Nathan, and myself, we'll catch up with you guys next week. And hopefully week three, everybody stays healthy. Please, please, Travis, Kelsey, and Zachary, please.
0: Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's Season Pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 Season Pass now at CAGreatAmerica.com.